I would love to come back on here and tell you that I'm living in a mansion completely debt free and life is grand and, you know, everything's wonderful. But life happens and we have to be prepared for those situations that are unplanned or um, unexpected. And I think the best we can do is to be prepared and aware and have enough financial control to be able to navigate those situations when they arise. Do we always have the right answer? Do we always have the answer, you know, immediately? I would venture to say no, I don't. But knowing my budget and knowing my financial situation has empowered me to be able to manage those situations when they do arise with confidence and peace of mind. Welcome to Real Stories, Journeys of Financial Wellness. I'm your host, Krista Lugazima. In today's episode, we're going to check in with our very first guest. I originally talked to Katie in December 2018. First, we'll play some highlights of that interview. Then, we'll go to our recent conversation with her. Katie's story is a good reminder that the journey to financial wellness is never a straight line. Katie has faced and continues to face obstacles, but she's put herself in a better position to navigate these obstacles. Let's have a listen. in college, you wanted to look your best. So retail credit cards became my shiny new best friends. And uh, I discovered I could get things that I wanted when I wanted them and worry about paying it later when I had my tips. And that was not the best plan. (laughs) (laughs) At the time, it was it seemed it seemed perfect. I was, you know, sign up for a card and hey, it's only 10 or $15 a month, you know, minimum payment. Sure, I can manage that. No problem. Meanwhile, I get to go buy, you know, $150 worth of new clothes. Woohoo! <laughs> it's, you know, yeah, yeah. it's get what you want when you want it. But um, yeah, I, I didn't realize how much it would snowball out of control. My husband knew about my retail credit cards and he was okay with that. Um, his credit was still really well because he didn't make those kind of decisions while in college. Um, and I had, you know, just graduated, was trying to get settled in my new job. And he was a freelance designer. So his income was not consistent Um, because of that, we relied on getting a credit against his good credit score to kind of help us float by when the income wasn't consistent. Mm -hmm. Um, So yet again, relying on credit cards to get by on a regular basis and figure out how to pay it later. I got pregnant shortly after our our marriage and was kind of a a shock to both of us um, and realized that a freelance, you know, design work and waitressing on the side wasn't going to you know, support a new family. Um, so he looked at some options um, and decided to join the military. And I was very proud of that. I came from a military background. I was very supportive of that decision. It shared with me that you ended up in Georgia. Um, your your mm-hmm. husband had very long hours going to school uh, at, at the time and you had a four-month-old. When I was alone, I have a baby. I have no family. I have no friends there with me. He was gone in training, like I said, um, most of the time, and also had late night training sessions. Um, Very lonely, very depressed, and 
for whatever reason, my depression manifested as a shopping addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, designer handbags and shoes were my were my choice <laughs> at the time. Um, you know, having just had a baby, clothing didn't fit the same way I expected, but shoes and handbags always fit. Mm-hmm. So I, uh, you know, became addicted to eBay, quite honestly, because I thought I was getting such a better deal um, for my handbags. And I would, you know, scrounge all the um, outlet malls and things like that. And I got to the point where on the credit card, if I had, you know, $75 available credit on the credit card, because of course we kept maxing them out. That meant to me, I can go spend $75 on a new pair of shoes or a handbag. And what did I do with all these? They sat in the closet in their pretty little duster bags and I'd look at them and I'd touch them and I'd be proud that I owned them. But I didn't go anywhere because again, I was home alone with the four month old. So it was just a really, um, it was the only way I could, that fed my depression at the time. So we moved to Texas and like you said, I was able to get back to work, which does sound like more money in our pocket, except going back to work meant I had to find a babysitter or a daycare for my child. So I had to, that income that I had basically went to paying the babysitter. Um, Meanwhile, my husband was deployed for about nine months, so he's not physically around So again, that feeling of when I was in Georgia being left alone, a little bit lonely, you know, I have a kid at home and that's my life. Um, You know, the shopping addiction kind of came back into play a little bit. I could go shopping with my kid. We could walk around the mall all day. I remember building my schedule around, you know, which sales, which, you know, stores had sales on certain days and get there before noon because you get the, you know, fresh stock. And it, I literally planned out my day around the shopping. Yeah, Meanwhile, and not to childcare <laughs> expenses came into play too, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So meanwhile, my paycheck was literally paying the daycare and I was like, okay, that's a check in the box. That meant I could still have my same habits and patterns that I had before with using the credit cards to pay all the bills and then the paycheck would come in and I'd just pay all the minimums, you know, and, and just stayed in that same cycle. You had your second yeah. kid and I understand mm-hmm. you had some medical issues. So then that, that affected you, you, you couldn't continue to work at least early on. Right. Right. Yeah. When we moved from Texas, uh, we moved to Virginia and that's where we bought our house. And I had started working again, um, even though I was pregnant and no big deal, whatever started working again, that felt good to be able to financially contribute, you know, to the household. Um, he was in preschool. So the, those, my, my first son was in preschool. So those costs had come down instead of a, you know, more expensive infant babysitter that you usually have to get. So that was nice, a little bit of, you know, ease up on the bills there. And my second son was born <clears throat> with a lot of medical issues. Um, and I tried to keep working, but I found that I was out of the office more than I was in the office. Hmm. And that just wasn't doing any good for my office team, nor was it doing any good for me having to eat into my PTO and unpaid leave time to be in the hospital with my son. So I really wasn't benefiting anybody um, I was hurting, you know, myself and my company at the same time. So I left. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and that was a decision that we both made. My husband and I had made that together. You know, hey, we're losing more money than we're making at that point in time. So you might as well just be a stay-at-home mom, take care of him. Um, it eliminated the after-school care needed for my older son. Um, you know, we didn't have to pay for the after-hours babysitter. So that was kind of nice. So I got to be a stay-at-home mom. Great. Now we're on one income. <laughs> right. And we have, you know, a mortgage now and we still have all of this debt looming over us and we have my grandmother's loan over us and we have a car and, you know, the normal life bills. Um, And so we had started exploring the possibility of a debt management program or some sort of debt consolidation in that consideration. So my husband was leery 
I was more for it out of desperation, I think. Um, but I kind of convinced him that this is probably the path we need to take. Um, however, however, the uh, we became happen. no longer a we, unfortunately. The we became I, exactly, yeah. exactly. So during this whole time, and again, finances were always a fight. And remember, I told you I had hidden things from him in Georgia, um, yeah. the, my, how many purses I was buying and the money just kept on the cycle. So <clears throat> he learned about that. You know, money was always a tension and always a discussion and always a fight in our end. So while we're going through this debt management research, uh, research and pulling up all this debt, I had to be completely honest that there was more than he knew about. Yeah. And that became a huge catalyst for a fight. And then it ended up with a, we became I and yeah. he wanted a divorce. And uh, so yeah. <laughs> the main, main reason being um, financial instability. And he's just like, I can't, I can't live like this. And, yeah. and quite honestly, I couldn't blame him either. You yeah. know, I couldn't yeah. blame him for that. Um, we never had a chance to roll into the program yet before that happened. So that kind of got put on a back burner. Now I'm looking at marriage counseling and, you know, what can I do with this? And, and how am I going to, where am I going to live with my two kids? And how are we going to separate our life? So here I am without a job, freshly divorced, two mm -hmm. kids, and about $26,000 in debt. I had racked up, you know, reported late, reported late, reported late, late fee, late fee, late fee, late fee. So I realized I was just in a hole that there was no getting out of. So I picked back up all my research and, and found a company that I, you know, called them and I felt good and I moved forward with them and they got me into a program with a monthly payment that instead of about a thousand dollars of minimum fees that literally weren't eating the debt at all um, into a program that was more about $600 a month split across two paychecks to make yeah. it very feasible for me. Yeah. Um, and that those were negotiated with, you know, low interest or no interest rates, the ability to sleep and not sit there and have numbers running through my head and run and wondering, okay, I've got $22 of available credit on this one card. Can I get groceries and gas for the week for me and my kids? The sheer relief, almost crying excitement of somebody is going to help me. Somebody's going to take this off of my hands. And I get emotional thinking about it because it felt so good. And, and they didn't judge. Yeah. And they didn't say, you know, well, shame on you for getting here. It was, okay, so you're here. Let's do what we can to fix it. So I started it in 2012. And in 2017, I paid it off. So five years, all the debt that I had accumulated over all those years and all those bad decisions and all that snowball was just gone. And so yeah. in an interesting twist of fate, you found yourself <laughs> um, looking for your next uh, career move. And you started yep. investigating, and where do you stumble on but Green Path Financial Wellness, Path. our brand new instructional designer. So were yep. you attracted to the idea of helping others that face challenges similar to yours? Exactly. Totally. Um, I, I came across the job listing, and I was like, oh, okay, I could do that job. And then I started researching what the company actually did and went to the website and, and seeing them, and it brought back that exact phone call I said, again, getting teary-eyed, but it brought back that phone call that I made in 2012 and that calm, helpful voice on the other end that was like, you know what? We're going to help you take care of this. We will help you. We are here to help you. Yeah. And I was like, man, if I could work for a company that's on that end of it, mm. yes, absolutely. That's where I want to be because I had been that person that mm. was scared to make the phone call and so overwhelmed and didn't know what to do. And, and to be part of a team that that can help people out of that hole like I was in. 
would feel really great. Nearly three years have passed since my first conversation with Katie. Let's reconnect with her and see how her financial life has continued to unfold. Katie, welcome back to Real Stories. So glad you could join us uh, again. And we wanted to to get an update on how your financial life has evolved um, since we last chatted a couple of years ago. Um, So the, the first thing is I understand that when we last talked, you were credit card debt free, but shortly thereafter, you did end up getting into a little bit of credit card debt. Can you just describe the circumstances around that? Yeah. Um, luckily, I was credit card free. Um, I had a death in the family. My mother-in-law passed unexpectedly. And because we had recently paid off those credit cards, it was nice to not have to worry about how I was going to pay to travel up to her her city Um, to pay for hotel expenses, food expenses, all of that was very easy to navigate because I had those paid off credit cards. So it gave you some flexibility to know that you had use of it. Uh, Now, were you concerned when you had that debt? Um, Did did you end up depleting your savings to pay it off or how did you handle it at the time? Um, I actually chose to re-enroll my credit cards back onto a DMP program because I had had so much success with it before. Um, and knowing that it was um, a, a budgetable number, I guess that's a word, a number that would easily fit into my budget and I could prepare for that and plan for that. Um, and it was something that was just off my plate, so to speak. And I knew that they would help me take care of that. Yeah, and I imagine you you could have handled it, paid it down on your own, but at higher interest. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And what were you afraid that might have happened if you had depleted your savings to pay off that credit card? Because I understand that that would have been possible. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I had, since we last spoke, um, taking back control of my financial stability had enabled me to create a really comfortable savings account that that gave me about three to four months of um, budget, you know, to, to fall back on. And I could have easily used that to pay for um, expenses on the credit card or to pay for her funeral expenses. Um, but we chose to go a different route to ensure that we kept that savings as, um, as a security. And as it turned out about a year later, I needed it. (laughs) So I was really lucky that I still had it. Um, and I actually depleted my savings, unfortunately, um, through some custody battles with, um, you know, the legal system, but I had the confidence to know that I was able to go into those proceedings with confidence and knowing that I could uh, pay for whatever came up because I had that savings. Yeah. So that's like, that's a case where when you're paying an attorney for, uh, Mm -hmm. for a custody proceeding, you have, obviously those expenses are not cheap. Uh, (laughs) Like that's one of the, the challenging things of that's why we have savings, right? That wasn't a, uh, uh, anticipated expense necessarily. Absolutely not. Not a planned expense at all. Not on my budget, not on my radar. Um, but when it came up, I had the confidence to know that I was able to to go into those proceedings and be able to to pay for, you know, the $150 email that goes back and forth between me and the lawyer. And, you know, the $75 fee for some expert opinion or something. But all of those little fees that you just don't even know are going to come up, I had the confidence knowing that my savings was sitting there for me. And unfortunately, I had to use it all, but I had it. 
And that gave me peace of mind. Yeah. Yeah. That sometimes, you know, just because you're spending money doesn't mean it's, it's not something that still has positive, uh, exactly. Positive outcomes. Mm-hmm. Now I, I also understand that, um, around this time that there was a move that <laughs> ended up increasing your rent. And when, when someone hears, Oh, you'd moved to a higher rent place, we could make certain assumptions. But in this case, there was actually a very specific reason why, you ended up in a place that costs more. Can you tell us? Yes. That? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it doesn't make much sense. Why would you want to move to a place that's higher rent than what you were paying? Absolutely. Especially in the middle of a litigation and in the middle of COVID even. Why would I want to do that? Well, because of my um, custody situation, my children had to maintain uh, residency inside of their school district. And at the time, when we had to move because leases were changing, there was only one house available in our school district. (laughs) So I didn't have a choice, but I was financially situated that I was able to go to that person before it hit the market and offer them a down payment and first month's rent and second month's rent upfront because I had, I had financial stability to know what money I could use for that. Um, So although it was an increase in rent and it's affected my budget, um, I I didn't have much of an option, but I had the confidence to know that I was going to be able to secure that moving forward. So so yet another example of your financial flexibility just allowing you to, you know, meet some of the needs of yourself, of your family in this situation. Yep. It, it, like you said, you know, spending money isn't always a great thing, but I had it. I had it to spend on the things that I needed when I needed it. And that gives me some peace of mind and confidence in my financial future. So following a trend of things that were kind of anticipated. <laughs> um, seems to I, be how my life goes. Yeah, well, it's, <laughs> it's life, right? So I, I understand that there was uh, also a situation where you had a car that broke down. Yeah, that was fun. Um, on a family travel, uh, family vacation, which again, I was able to pay for, you know, things that we want to spend money on sometimes. Um, we unfortunately, the car flooded. Um, we unfortunately got stuck in the road and the car flooded so much that water was coming up through the wheel wells onto my feet. And my son and I were both like, this is not okay. You know, and luckily we were able to get out of the water, um, in that moment and make it home safely, very slowly, but make it home safely. Um, I started to notice that my car was acting funny and the brakes weren't working properly. And of course, you know, my instinct was like, this is not okay. Um, yeah, so took it to the dealership, or not the dealership, the mechanic, to go get it looked at and repaired. And the repairs were going to cost more than the car was worth. So it actually was a financial decision to trade it in and get settled into a new car. Um, that gave me some pause because my previous car, the one that got flooded, was almost paid off. And I was so excited. <laughs> and here I am, you know, rolling over that little bit into a new car loan. So that's not exactly where I wanted to be financially, but I was able to negotiate and get the payment into a, a, a place that would fit into my budget. So my budget wasn't adjusted too much. Um, but again, I wouldn't have had the confidence to make those decisions to trade in the car or to negotiate what what payment would fit into my budget if I wasn't so aware of my financial situation and where I had come from and where I didn't want to be again um, and and taking control of those numbers. Mm -hmm. So it's a case where you really had a time, uh, had a moment to like sit back and consider all the different options Mm -hmm. back to how 
previous decisions may have impacted you and made the best decision that you could. Yeah. Now, so far we've talked about unexpected expenses, but there's also an unexpected drop in income that affected many Americans. um, And that was the pandemic happened. And although there was no change to your employment status at at Green Path during that time, it did affect your husband's income. So tell me about that a little bit. Yes, he um, at the time had a job um, in the retail industry and as many Americans I might imagine shared the loss of jobs, loss of income, loss of hours during the pandemic. Um, We unfortunately were victims of that as well. Um, And luckily it only lasted for about four months for my family, but those four months, everything changed and we didn't have two incomes. We had a single income. Luckily I was still employed, very grateful for that. Um, but I was able to pivot quickly because I knew the numbers. I knew what was coming in and what was going out. Um, I was able to find ways in our budget to kind of, you know, squeeze as many pennies as I could out of what we had left. Um, and luckily during, you know, pandemic, we weren't going out as much. We weren't eating out as much. We weren't doing those things. So some, some ways our budget kind of balanced itself, but I I knew the numbers as soon as he said, hey, I'm, my hours are you know gone. I knew the numbers. I knew what we needed to do. And again, that's all part of taking back my financial security and, and having that um, foundation of knowledge with what I'm working with. And I, um, as you might have heard in my previous story, I was not that person <laughs> who, who knew where everything was going and where it was going to come from. Um, so part of my journey has been taking back that empowerment over my numbers and knowing what's coming in and what's going out and where I can have some flexibility when things unexpectedly come up like the pandemic. Yeah. And hopefully using that flexibility for some of your upcoming goals. <laughs> um, so we'll talk about one of your goals in a second, but it's interesting in your notes, you listed this as a financial concern, and <laughs> that is that your 16 year old is going to be a new driver. Um I guess I could see that. Tell me about maybe it's more of a, a parental concern, emotional concern. <laughs> um, it is something that's on my radar because uh yeah, he's he's gonna be driving. Watch out, world. But with that, as as many parents may share with me, um comes the increased insurance that comes along with insuring a new driver. Um and so that's that is something I am anticipating affecting my budget in the near future. So I'm trying to make plans to set aside extra money now as if I was paying that bill um, in the future, just so that when that time does come, it's not a shock to my budget. Um, so right now it's acting as a little bit of a, of a cushion, but in the near future it will be absorbed, And but I won't uh, be shocked when that happens. Um, so trying to anticipate that. And yeah, I think you're right. I think it's more of an emotional concern than a financial concern because I do have a plan. Um but yeah, my my baby boy is 16. <laughs> I'm sure there, I, I hope there are other parents out there that share my <laughs> emotional concern <laughs> with their, with their kids leaving. Yeah. Both a proud and scary. And so uh, speaking of your family, I understand one of your upcoming financial goals has to do with some mm-hmm. uh, fun time with the family. Yeah. Um, in addition to him being 16 and learning to drive, we are also hoping to have a big family bash um, to celebrate his 16th birthday. He, um, even though we live near the beach, ironically, um, he wants to go to somewhere warm in the beach. And since we're in Virginia, that's not exactly warm all year long. 
Um, so we are looking at uh, a destination birthday celebration and starting to save up for that so we can um, have a great big celebration for his 16th birthday with his friends. Really cool. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> so it, it's interesting is, as we alluded to the first time we chatted, that you ended up working for an organization that mm-hmm. uh, helps people much in the same situation that you were originally in. And since we last spoke, you're actually now working directly on Green Paths education team, which I'm a part of. Mm-hmm. For anyone listening to this podcast, uh, many of our episodes have this little 20-second spot where I do this little commercial <laughs> for our learning lab, which is basically our suite of free online courses that people can use. And so I know one of the the courses uh, that uh, that are on there that you created about debt repayment. So I'm just curious as to mm-hmm. how your your personal journey kind of uh, impacted uh, what you created for, for others to benefit from. Heavily influenced. Um, I definitely feel capable of putting myself in our learner's shoes of that person who has um, the concern, the panic, the confusion about which way to go. Um, so when I was designing that course, I definitely was relying heavily on those past experiences and those past feelings um, and and trying to create something that would have helped me or give me a sense of direction or a sense of peace to know that I'm not alone. I'm not the only person who's experiencing this. And there are ways to get out of it. I just have to decide which one's best for my family, my financial situation, my needs. And there are a lot of different options out there. And I think some people get confused about which one's right, um, also can be influenced by outside sources, by commercials, by friends, by family. So I really wanted to try to find a way to um, simplify the options and to not and to make it easier for someone to make a decision for their own their own financial situation. Yeah, it sounds like as we've talked, one of the themes um, I'm hearing from you is that although life continues to happen, that you're much <laughs> more in control of what's happening in those decisions that follow those yeah. situations. And it seems like you really want very much the same for the people that take this course. Absolutely. Um, I would love to come back on here and tell you that I'm living in a mansion completely debt-free and life is grand and you know everything's wonderful. But life happens and we have to be prepared for those situations that are unplanned or um, unexpected. And I think the best we can do is to be prepared and aware and have enough financial control to be able to navigate those situations when they arise. Do we always have the right answer? Do we always have the answer, you know, immediately? I would venture to say no, I don't. But knowing my budget and knowing my financial situation has empowered me to be able to manage those situations when they do arise with confidence and peace of mind. Confidence, peace of mind. I mean, I think that's, that's all we could ask for, right? (laughs) Can't control what's out of our control, but having more confidence, peace of mind, being able to sleep at night as things happen. Absolutely. Yeah. So thank you again, uh, for joining us and, uh, Hey, I'm sure we'll we'll check up on you again. Uh, in, uh, in <laughs> check up me in a couple months, of years. But... Who knows? My my youngest son may be driving, and I'll have a different kind of you know pan- panic at that point in time. Check Absolutely. in with again. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks again, Katie. Thanks, Chris.
So, as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Omari. And as a special guest, I'm also joined by, by Katie. Um, one of the advantages to having uh, our podcast story uh, centered around an individual who's on our team is it's easy to uh, put her back on the hot seat. <laughs> and as we've done over the last handful of episodes, we've, we've had a, a section at the end of the episode about practical tips that are inspired by the story. And as Omar and I were listening to the story, it occurred to us that as we focused on kind of the emotional aspects and roller coaster of your financial journey, you alluded to various um, uh, things that you learned along the way to make your financial journey as smooth as possible. And so I thought it might be a great opportunity for us to kind of lift up behind the curtain to learn a little bit more about some of the specific things that you're doing. And with that, I'll turn it over to Amari. Yeah. So uh, thank you, Chris and Katie. Uh, it's it's great to talk to you here. And I remember talking to Chris as we planned this episode um, that it's really interesting to see your story from two different perspectives, um, from hearing you speak uh, in a way before we met you, got to know you personally, and now uh, having you as a valued part of our team and also f a friend, um, it, it, it makes for a really interesting uh, conversation. So thank you for, for joining us. Very welcome. I'm happy to be here. Absolutely. So I wanted to ask just a few questions here. Mm -hmm. uh, you talked a lot about uh, having uh, visibility on your budget and how that makes a difference. What does mm -hmm. that look like for you? What does knowing your budget look like for you these days? <laughs> I adopted a new way of tracking my budget. Um, in our phone, we have the ability to create a note and then I can share that with my husband. So he and I, um, each month, we look at our, of course, our normal bills and we write all those out and the dates they're due. Um, and then we also consider any birthdays that might be coming up or anniversaries or out of the norm things that are happening that month. And we allocate, you know, $50 or $25 or whatever it is. And we include that in the long, huge checklist. What we end up doing is a lot of our bills are on auto pay. So as one of us notices in the account that that bill has come out, we will go in and check off that that bill has been you know, paid off of the budget. And since it's a shared note between us, he and I both have visibility to it and access to it. Um, we also have a rule between us that if we are going to spend over $75 of frivolous spending, we have to check with the other person first, just as kind of a check and balances between the two of us. So we're both fully aware of what's going on with our money in and out. Yeah, that's awesome. So I'm, I'm hearing that you're using technology to mm -hmm. create uh, structure and also you and your husband have a really good strategy for communication around spending. Correct. So that's that's super useful, I imagine. Um, speaking of the tracking of your expenses, um, you mentioned savings. Uh, how mm -hmm. do you set up your savings these days? With, I had, as you know from my story, I had some very major expenses come up that you utilized my emergency savings. So we are in a rebuilding phase um, and we're also coming off the holidays. So I try to give myself grace and my goal is to have $100 from each paycheck set aside into the savings account. Now I don't have that set up on auto savings, which is something I've considered. Um, I do it manually 
Um, and sometimes I give myself more grace that maybe I need to hold on to that money because of some of those unexpected expenses for the month or a birthday or a special celebration that needed. Um, but I'm trying to give myself grace in, in that and, and knowing that I can, I need to set the money aside, but instead of putting it on a credit card, I'd rather hold that money out of savings and utilize that cash for that special event. So you mentioned the auto uh, transfers mm-hmm. and 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 your decision to not go that direction. Uh, say, tell me more about that, if you wouldn't mind. What what um, caused you to make that decision? So I used to have an auto transfer set up, um, and it it worked really great to create my emergency savings. Um, there's been a lot of unexpected expenses, and I haven't had a chance to build back up. Um, so I think I felt more in control of my money by physically touching it and transferring it myself or not making that choice to transfer it myself. Um, I do lose a little bit of that, you know, um, there's an accountability that I have to hold myself to if I'm going to transfer it or not, you know, I want to buy something fun, you know, so there is that aspect of it. Um, but that's, that's honestly the reason why I haven't done the auto savings again is because I, I felt more in control, um, by being able to touch it and choose to transfer it. Gotcha. Now that makes sense. Uh, I'm, I'm hearing a need for uh, maybe uh, autonomy and mm-hmm. accountability on your part. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And I, I imagine a lot of people can probably relate to that. Um, now, speaking of savings, uh, if you wouldn't mind us asking a little bit about your, your family, um, you, uh, we know that your <laughs> son is turning 16 or uh, has turned 16. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you set aside funds for his birthday? Is that something that you considered? What did that look like? Um, lucky for me, he was willing to delay his birthday celebration um, because he really wanted to go to the beach and his birthday's in January. Beach <laughs> and January don't exactly align together. So he was willing to delay his birthday celebration until the warmer months, which from my mom's perspective, my mom brain was going, yes, I have time to save. So there wasn't an urgency of saving for him. It's given me, you know, a few months to set money aside. Um, On my budget that I mentioned before, that is now um, an extra, you know, guaranteed bill that I have put into my budget um, to quote unquote pay each uh, month. And to make sure that those funds can't be used for anything else, I'm actually transferring that money to my mom. And my mom has it set aside into a separate account um, because we are going to Florida and my mom lives in Florida. So she's basically, you know, acting as my money holder until we get down there to celebrate. Um, But that ensures that the money will be there for the purpose um, that we intend. Yeah, that's a, that's a, such a clever idea. I I have often thought about doing something similar or like, Mm -hmm maybe not using a a parent or another person, but like, for example, if you've got a credit card that you're looking to get paid off, you set up an auto pay and then you just take that credit card and stick it in the freezer or something Mm -hmm. like that. I imagine it's a a similar sort of uh, method to play defense against what could go wrong in a situation like that. Right. Out of sight, out of mind. (laughs) There you go. So um, tell, tell us a little bit about how you might approach your credit cards. So credit cards and I have um, a poor history relationship you might know from my stories uh so i have avoided them as much as possible however uh we recognize that there are some situations especially in recent times that we need a large chunk of money for a repair for a unexpected bill 
Um, and it is easier to be able to put that on the credit card at one time and knowing that I can pay it off. So with that in mind, my husband and I share one credit card um, and it is only used for situations that he and I agree on, not just everyday expenses. Um, and then the that credit card is actually set up on an auto pay each month to pay off whatever the entire bill is. So I know if I'm putting it on there, if I'm putting $300 on, I know that next month $300 is going to come out to pay that credit card. So we try to keep the balance below 30%. Um, and when that 30% hits, you know, of course, we want it paid off as soon as possible. So, yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, that feels like the most efficient way to use your credit card, the same way that you might use a debit card. We recognize that the appeal to a credit card is that you don't always have to pay it back right away, but we also know how mm -hmm. easily that can turn into a problem if you don't have some sort of plan in place to manage it. So it sounds like you, the plan that you have is really working for you, right? Yep. I've learned my lesson. Um, and, and finally, just to kind of get a, a, an idea of uh, how you handled some of the expenses that you were dealing with, uh, we mm -hmm. know that you made a decision to trade in your car. Um, how did that decision manifest? Um, because the car received water damage, uh, and we had tried to repair what we thought was the problem and it just ended up water falling and compounding on itself. It was a safer decision, um, not only mentally stress for my family and financially to just get rid of that, you know, uh, money, money hole <laughs> that was just pouring money into it and not going anywhere. It was a better decision to get rid of that. And unfortunately that meant financing a new vehicle. Um, I had to roll over the remaining amount from the vehicle that I traded in. Um, and I ended up finding a really great deal through my credit union, um, to roll over that money and receive a new financing. Now my bill did go up a bit because I had to roll in that previous funds, um, so that was that was a, a hit to the budget. <laughs> but, you know, because I already knew all my numbers and I worked with the credit union saying, hey, here's what I can do. They actually helped me set up um, a bi-monthly plan. So they debit the money directly out of my account twice a month. And so those two payments uh, cumulatively make up my car payment. And they they took care of that for me. So I didn't have to worry about that. But it, but being able to split it over my paychecks helped to oh, yeah. ease the budget. Yeah, I can imagine that that uh, being able to split those those paychecks and also just uh, or rather split those uh, payments over the course of paychecks mm -hmm. and also having some peace of mind that the maintenance issues wouldn't be nearly as much of a prohibiting Correct. factor in the future could offer a good amount of peace of mind. Um, so thank you, Katie. We really appreciate getting a chance to catch back up with you. Um, especially now after we've gotten to know you personally. We, we're happy to see you flourish uh, in this uh, part of your life where you've kind of gotten a hold on your finances. So thank you for that. Thank you. Well, that's a wrap for today's episode. If you'd like to see some of Katie's work, check out our learning lab at www.greenpath.com slash learning lab. There you'll find links to two of the courses that Katie created, Navigating Auto Loans, and debt repayment options, which one is right for me. As with all of our courses, they're free and can be completed in 15 minutes or less. Special thanks to Hero for our theme music, which will play us out. Here's hoping each of you enjoy your journey of financial wellness as much as your destination.
Welcome back, Shiro.